Glory to God Most High. What does he say? Peace and goodwill to all men on earth. The angelic greeting of the Messiah. The heart of the Father carried in the angelic messenger. And what did he say, people? What did the angel say? You know, you read the gospel every day. Hallelujah. He said, peace and goodwill to some men, <laughs> only the Jews. No, he said, to everyone, to all men. The issue is, in order to have the peace, in order to have the goodwill, which is the Father, and his will, which is the path of lightnings, that's his will, it requires a little something, something. The total and complete yielding of your entire soul to the Messiah. What did Moses say? Anyone who does not follow his teaching will be utterly cut off from the people. So now we're getting into teaching. Not the teaching as usual. Not the teaching of last season. Not the teaching of the charismatic church on earth. But the teaching of the Messiah in heaven. Now you might say, well, brother, I have that teaching already. I've been going to a good church. I've been really pressing in. I have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I'm doing really well. Listen, we are not here to discourage your well-being, but to encourage it into the heights of the holy angels every single day. You need to understand that a lot of people, when they experience a higher teaching, they're discouraged by the lower teaching that they previously had, as if that were not their stepping stones to get to their current position. As it's written, do not despise the days of small beginnings. Has any human being ever despised crawling before walking? No, they say, oh, that's so cute. Look at the baby crawling. He's finally crawling. Look at the baby now walking. He's finally walking. It's only disgusting if you're like a 16-year-old kid who should be able to drive by now and be responsible enough to hold a license and drive efficiently and uh, be able to be responsible in your father's household. But you're crawling and still pooping a diaper. An adult in diapers wrong. is mental illness. There's something that's not right. Yeah. So we're going to get it right in the straight way to the Father. That straight way, many men and women filled with the Holy Spirit in different measurements, in different portions of grace, it's called in the New Testament. They have attempted to lead believers in Jesus Christ into a deeper relationship with God Most High. We do not doubt or belittle their intentions. The issue is they are not trained by archangels. If you read the Bible, leaders in every single chapter are trained by angels. You will not find anything outside of the Bible, anything inside of the Bible, that is true inspired word from God that avoids holy angel training. 
It is not optional. It is essential. The gospel says, You cannot even inherit salvation except through the ministry of angels. That's Hebrews chapter 1. Now, we know when Messiah came, the angelic activity in Israel went off the charts, like it's off the charts here at Joel's Bar tonight. I've already seen 15 angels come out of the Spirit, materialize into the natural realm, since I've been sitting here for 15 minutes. I've already seen 15 angels come out of the Spirit, into the natural realm. Cherubim, there's one right there. Right in front of the camera, and then all over my sunglasses. So if you're paying attention, you're going to see angels, cherubim angels, coming out of the glory cloud, materializing in the natural realm this entire broadcast today. That might help your faith, some of you. Amen? (laughs) Encourage your obedience to Christ. Like, oh my goodness, this is real! Yes, it's real. It's always been real. The issue is, now we're conquering the unbelief that's kept you earthly. And when you begin to believe, what does the Bible say? You will ascend the heights. And yet, I will show you the most excellent way. The highest way. 1 Corinthians 12.31 What is it? The fivefold who perfect faith. What is the perfected faith? Agape. The Lamb on the throne. Not the earthly love. Not the Christian niceness that's just taken advantage of by those that have serpent wisdom. We are gentle as doves oftentimes, but we don't have the wisdom of serpents as Messiah commanded. Even saying that right now, there's resistance in this place. But it is written... You must be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. A lot of you are nice people. A lot of Christian niceness out there, like we got the gentle as doves. Now we need the wise as serpents part because it's two parts. Now, wise as serpents, a lot of times the serpents that you have in you will begin to manifest. Serpents in prophetics represent lies, and the truth is everyone has serpents, right? If anyone says they're without serpents, they made God to be a liar, which means there's still stuff you're wrestling in your spirit, in your soul, in your mind, in your flesh, depending on how much you've ascended, how much you've been crucified, how many circumcisions, how much glory you're constantly walking in by going from glory to glory, 2 Corinthians 3.18. That determines how much serpent activity is in you. Now, the wisdom of serpents is what? How to rule the invisible world like serpents do right now and have since the fall when the serpent tempted Eve in the garden. Jesus said, you need to have that invisible wisdom that rules the natural realm. You need to understand the infrastructure of the invisible world. It's called be wise as serpents, but don't be like the jerks the Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of the law, scribes, the ones that are mean and cruel in controlling people with their serpent wisdom. Don't be a warlock of religion. Don't be a sorcerer. Be gentle as doves with the rulership of the dominion of the infrastructure of the invisible angelic world. Wise as serpents, gentle as doves. And so in order to have that level of wisdom, It requires an understanding of Scripture. For all wisdom comes through the Word of God alone. As is written, Jesus Christ has been made wisdom unto us. 
What is Jesus Christ? Yes, Messiah, Savior, Lord. But it's also the most important form in the book of Revelation is the Word. The living Word of God. What does it mean to be the Word of God? It's a common phrase in Christianity for hundreds of years. But what does it mean? It's the teaching of the Father. Jesus is the Torah of the light being. Hebrews 1.3, Amplified Classic. Jesus Christ is the Torah, the instruction, the teaching, the Word of God Most High. So when Melchizedek met Abraham, the teaching and the Torah of God the Father was on earth, King of Salem, King Melchizedek, which means righteousness, King of all the angelic rungs to the throne of the Father, was on earth after the flood, truth and yeah. Genesis 14. And when Abraham was returning after the conquering of the five kings, he met the king of Salem, Melchizedek. And the king of Salem, King Melchizedek, came out and greeted Abraham. Notice he came out of the city, and he was holding a platter of wine and bread. And Abraham ate the bread and drank the wine, therefore communed in the new covenant. For you know that this is the body of the new covenant, and this is the blood of the everlasting covenant, Jesus Christ, red letters. So the eating of the bread and the drinking of the wine of Melchizedek was an everlasting covenant of faith to Abraham. That's what made Abraham, who was involved in some stuff and overcame a lot of stuff in his life, coming out of Ur of the Chaldees into being the first Jew and the king of kings because the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who is the man Melchizedek, gave him the covenant of faith. Now we are in that covenant right now. But we have a lot of people today in modern Christianity that neglect the wisdom of the Old Testament. We have people that are scholarly that will read the Old Testament, put it into their brains, but they have none of its wisdom. So they're completely lost, even in knowing the scriptures very well, much like the Pharisees in Jesus' day. They knew the word, but they didn't know the word. They knew the Bible, but there is the Bible standing in front of them, God himself, and they called him demon-possessed and a cultist and a cult leader, right? That's what the Bible says. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's what they called him. They had scripture apart from scripture. Now, if you read scripture, you know that's what Satan is. Satan tempting Jesus only with one thing, in the wilderness, 40 days. The one thing that's in you guys that we need to completely obliterate tonight. What was the one thing? Scripture. Scripture. What's killing you right now? Why are you still in the earth and not on the moon and in the sun? One thing. Scripture. Scripture. Your scripture that you have right now is the death of you. That's why it's called dead letter. You need Jesus, the living scripture, to obliterate Saul, the dead letter. Now, Saul had the whole Bible memorized. You had to, to be a Pharisee of Pharisees. 
and he went around killing people that had the living word in them. So a lot of you are still killing and enemies of those with the living word. You attack those with light in them. You attack the child of God, the little child of God, Jesus. We see it every day. In fact, I have never lived one day of my life yet on earth where I haven't seen a Christian attack another Christian who had God in them. And the more you have the child of God, Jesus, in you, the living word, the more the ones that have the dead letter scripture of Satan will murder you, slander you. They'll even get comfortable around you enough to not even use the dead letter that they have in them to attack you anymore, thinking that they're like you in knowing the scriptures, but they don't even have Yarevave formed in their spirit man. And what is Yarevave formed in your spirit man? It's ascension through circumcision, which is the name of the Tetragrammaton, which is the conquering of worlds within you. He made man in the image of God, which is also the formation of the worlds that exist. The names of the Tetragrammaton inscribed within you is the exact measurement of Christ formed within you. That's true. Amen. Now, what happens when a person puts Bible into their brain and not their spirit? Does it go into the bone throne of Satan, 666 in the forehead? That? Hello? The abyss? of all the magic arts, and so you become magicians of scripture, witches and warlocks of scripture, which is what sorcery is, and if you read the Bible, that's what almost all believers become in the book of Revelation in the end times. That's why we're called the generation of iniquity in this generation, which means you will have to overcome all scripture and all things of God controlled by dat. Even the people we've taught, they will actually consider that in that rung of knowledge something as a blessing while they're on the earth like knowledge is a blessing in their ignorance and stupidity they side with satan against the apostles to their own destruction because they don't understand anything in the heavenly angelic rungs therefore they make themselves judges of the things of god down on the earth you know what that is Alignment and covenant with the accuser of the brethren. We need you people to divorce Satan. We need you people to come into a love covenant in your heart with the word of God. We need you people to come out of her, my people, into the realm of the living word. And what is the living word? Water. Water. How often? 100% of the time. The river of life flows through every rung to the very throne from which it's come. Revelation 22, I saw the Lamb. Have you seen the Lamb? See Him tonight as you get washed in the water of the Word of the Lamb of God. And that water is the Torah inspiration of the true backing of the teachings of God the Father. And there is none other. There is none other. What is it that you want? Do you want an increase of money, finances? Unless you've already overcome mineral level obedience, mineral level temptations, all of your financial increase, you will lose it at some point. It'll be gone. So that's worthless. 
chasing after the wind. What is it you want? Do you want a spouse? Is that what you think about every day? I can't wait to find someone who's my soulmate. I want to work hard and grow in righteousness so I can find my soulmate. You're not going to be able to even have a relationship that's worth anything unless you're at least walking in Nishama or Chaya level. After our experience rising on Sapphire Stones, to those of you who are young, who are going to grow up on Sapphire Stones, I wouldn't recommend even having a spouse, if you can help it, until you at least have a Chaya. Because you're not going to have the same problems. If you're already married, you're working through that. It's grace to rise, and it's wonderful. It turns into a joy. But it's best for those of you who are younger, those of you who are unmarried, if you first attain Chaya level prior to marriage, and then only yoke together with someone who also has a Chaya, or at the very least, a neshama and maybe even then just court them for a time and take your time it's more important that you rise on sapphire stones why because any relationship friendship or mm. marriage or anything is not going to be very good until you go into the higher rungs and it's not possible for male and female to dwell together completely happily until the higher rungs it's just not possible in righteousness. Righteousness is the only way. Enmity, it is written. Mm -hmm. The enmity of the law, uh, the Apostle Paul makes, uh, he makes a, an argument or description the of the enmity. enmity. And what he talks about is, he talks about in a parable, he's talking about deeper mysteries, but he talks about the surface level things as well. So you can look at it in the surface, but you can also go into the depth of the mystery. He's really talking about mankind being restored to God being restored to the word of God, the marriage of man and God. And that's made example of in the marriage of man and woman. The whole point of even having a partner is to enact, to basically reenact that communion of God and man. It's for us to learn and to grow and to mend those issues. And he also talks about the enmity of the law, just like Apostle Brandon was explaining to you tonight. The dead letter versus the word of life. One is Satan and one is Jesus. Clippeth and righteousness. Yep. Sorcery and righteousness. It is no small matter. It is the difference of this is heaven, that is hell. Mm -hmm. Amen. And I want to encourage you, those of you who are brave, who are rising on sapphire stones, who are married at this time, Give each other a lot of grace. You're going to need to just be walking in forgiveness toward your friends, toward your squadron, toward your family, towards your children, if you have children. A lot of grace. Mm. You will need to embrace the life of the cross, which means any offense, anytime you're sinned against, you're going to need to remind yourself, this is temporary, we are rising, you, there can be no grudges. There can be no offense. Remember, it is written without sin and without offense. Remind yourself of these constantly, daily. Anytime your family member of any kind or your squadron or your community member has irritated you, offended you, or sinned against you, no matter how great, remind yourself that the 10th week is coming. You will rise on sapphire stones. 
and after the tenth week is made manifest in all of the earth, mm -hmm. sin won't even be mentioned anymore. No one in heaven even thinks like that. They walk in forgiveness, even with the memory of all their times being sinned against. Mm -hmm. They've put that sin away. You're going to become that kind of a creature, no matter how difficult it feels or seems. Remind yourself, oh yeah, that's why it feels like that, because my Yetzirah isn't sanctified yet. Circumcised Yetzirah, which means you've conquered the world of Yetzirah, is sanctified emotion, the world of emotion. So if your world of emotion is all foreskins right now, that means you're still in the world of Isaiah. You cannot rely and lean on your own understanding and your own feelings. Your own understanding gets sanctified in the world of Berea. That's six worlds high. So that's why it's written, lean not on your own understanding. And even when you circumcise the entirety of your Berea, you're a good Berean at that point. Mm. You still cannot. It's the humility of the lamb. You still cannot, even with fully circumcised, fully peeled back membrane, perfected, lit up with Shekinah lightning glory, roar of Berea, with a crown, with the or with the inscription on your thigh. Faithful we still cannot lean on our own Bina, but his alone. And that's it, because it's his sapphire stones so lean not on your own understanding and don't trust your emotions well i feel this why are you feeling question why you feel towards some someone if this was christ that they were attacking and murdering with their word choice how would christ react can you embrace the cross can you put away their mm. sins can you choose not to react with your emotions or reactionary chemicals of your amygdala and your brain is going off in your nefesh and you just got to tell them how it is. No, you're going to pause. You're going to wait. You're going to take a breath in, breath of life. Come Holy Spirit, give me great wisdom. Then you've been studying Proverbs to show yourself approved, to respond in wisdom. Because the wisdom of a wise man <laughs> can calm down the anger of even a king. And so when you begin to walk in that wisdom, you're going to transform your workplace, your home, into that covenant of calm, which is a covenant of peace, and that only belongs to the Prince of Peace. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he came in the flesh, and he dwells, if you are a born-again believer, he dwells in your flesh, in your vessel. So start acting like it, and start believing that, and start forsaking all of your own Bina, understanding of the Word of God, that it may be Brand new yes. to you. New. New. He's doing a new thing. You can't learn unless you're open-minded to unlearning what you've learned in darkness. And the problem is, is what you think is light is actually darkness. That's why you're on the earth. And when you judge the, the light, the false light in you of religious knowledge, which is sorcery, and you judge it as God, you blaspheme. So everyone is coming out of the potent blasphemy of Babylon the Great. And for a Christian to not understand blasphemy during these times is very detrimental. It's a term used that people don't even know what they're talking about. Blasphemy is to equate to God what belongs to the devil. And it's to equate to the devil what belongs to God. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, it is written. So... Christians that are uncircumcised literally do that all day long. They blaspheme all day long. 
They do it in ignorance, and it's forgivable. That's why Jesus had to say blasphemy of the Lamb is forgivable. Blasphemy of the Father is forgivable, which means you'll be constantly equating to the enemy the things that belong to the Lamb. You'll be constantly equating to the enemy the things that belong to the Father. And I know you guys do that constantly. Now, the issue is, what's the difference between the blasphemy of the Lamb and the blasphemy of the Father and the blasphemy of the angel of Shekinah Holy Spirit? maker of heaven and earth. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is when you are in the presence and the sight of God and you still choose to fight against it. Now you've made a decision to join the family of Cain and enjoy the mark in the forehead of being a child of the devil. And that happens a lot more than most of you are willing to realize. It happens all the time. You have... A lot of believers that don't even value their birthright, so they're going the way of Esau, which is the prince of Rome, Samael, one of the worst demon principalities in existence. And so they align themselves with the prince of Rome against Jesus Christ. Now, at that point, can they come back? It's not a theological discussion we're having tonight. We're not saying once saved, always saved, already saved, you're losing your salvation. We're saying you must understand the teaching of the rabbis of the messianic kingdom of Jesus Christ where we're at right now, bringing it down into the earth like a scroll of Mother Jerusalem, it is written, so you can have a wisdom to discern and differentiate between what is God and what is Satan accurately. That's a two-edged sword. So you have to be able to become righteous judges, as is written, a righteous man judges all things, and he himself is not subject to judgment. That means that you're accurate, you can discern what is Samael, Satan, serpent rider, what is Jezebel, what is Lilith, what is Baal, what is Beelzebul, what is Mammon, what is Pan? What is Molech? What is Lucifer? Keter, Satan of the fallen angels. And you can actually remove that further from your life with an accurate discernment. That's the gift of discernment. Accurately. And a lot of believers who think they have the gift of discernment, I hear this all the time, are still calling good evil and evil good. They don't have that gift. And they absolutely do not. You have nickel and dime gifts everywhere in the charismatic church. Anyone with hot hands, they go and get prayed for, and they think that now I'm operating in the gifts. I have a word of knowledge. Oftentimes, it's in the false prophet because they did not enter the pearl gates of the 12 tribes to stand on the 12 foundation stones of the apostles of the Lamb, so they're still operating outside the city gates with the dogs and the sorcerers, which means they're operating in the magic arts, antichrist, coming in the guise of Christ. So it's a guise, a pretender, a play actor, a hypocrite of Christianity. It's not a Christian. You think it's a Christian. I tell you the truth. It's not a Christian. A Christian, a Christ one, an anointed one, a Messiah, must be inside Jerusalem's walls all the time. If you leave the gates... There's nothing Christian about you. Nothing. You might as well be a Buddhist pagan. It's not even the same religion as it's written. Outside the gates are the liars 
and those who love living the lie. So here is what the Messianic Kingdom Age and the Apostles of the Lamb in your generation are establishing. The city walls of the promised land of heavenly Jerusalem and true and accurate discernment and judgment of what's outside the gates of the pearls of the names of the twelve tribes and what's inside the gates and the walls of the twelve apostles of the Lamb of Jesus Christ the Messiah. King of everything. Mm -hmm. Amen. That way, you can be safe and secure, and when the demon comes, it can't penetrate your walls. Why? Because you have the teaching of the Messiah. It says, you're clean by my teaching. By my words, you are saved, safe, clean, washed. Peter, in zeal, said, well, wash everything else too. He's like, Jesus is like, strange fire. Mm -hmm. No, Peter. You're clean by the word. I'm not going to sit down here and do this extra stuff because you're a zealous idiot. Okay? You Now listen, it's the accuracy. And it was totally stupid. And if you understand it, it's stupid. Peter's stupidity is in scripture often. Why? Because you're stupid. I'm stupid. And therefore we can relate with being stupid all the time. But we're not stuck on stupid. We get out of the stupid and we get wiser still, showing that even though a chief apostle of the Lamb, one of four, Peter, pillar of the church of Jerusalem, is often stupid in the New Testament, there is grace for repentance and learning along the way, even for the greatest apostles of all time. That's important, because a lot of you have expectations on yourselves that are not realistic. You expect to be like an Apostle Paul by now because you've read the Bible 500 times. You could read the Bible 500,000 times and never be like Apostle Paul. Why? Because it requires the transfiguration and the growing up of the born-again spirit into the maturity of what the angel of Yadivave is. All present Shekinah glory on a throne of sapphire. Amen. So, the standard is much different and it's the building up of the heart. I preach to awaken hearts. That's the apostolic commandment. Mm. We teach to build up hearts. Let every word and communication of your speech edify the listener. It is written. What does it mean to edify? It means to expand the Shekinah in the born again part of you. And the heart's like, oh, well, don't I get some? The brain, the ears, the eyes. What about me? The Nefesh is always this little orphan, always this little rebellious punk. Always wanting to steal the glory, right? And then Christians just let the flesh steal the glory and it never gets into the spirit. And you wonder why you got Christian witches everywhere. And that's the norm today in Babylon the Great. Christian witchcraft is the standard in Christianity today. We're raising the standard to obliterate all that in the lake of fire. Whether they go to the lake of fire or not depends on if they're washed of their witchcrafts or not. So it's all on your heads, not on ours. We pray you get washed. And we pray you stay clean and become obedient to the teaching of Messiah and become obedient to the heavenly and apostolic calling and learn to live within the angels of the God I am whom I serve. And if you're not within the angels, you're not saved. Simple as that. Angels, ministering spirits sent to help somebody, those who are growing in salvation. So your sensitivity to the Holy Ghost as a charismatic Pentecostal people, which we are, 
We are charismatic. We have all the gifts in operation, all the Pentecostal stuff, all the charismatic stuff, all the glory stream stuff, all the signs, miracles, and wonders on city national levels, signs in the heavens above, wonders on the earth below. And we're growing in it on a Moses level and an Elijah's level, and it will continue to increase until everyone believes in Jesus. But right now, a lot of people don't have faith for that kind of global terraforming of the messianic kingdom down sapphire stones. They're stuck on the earth trying to work their way into heaven through external forms of church age theologies. And so we often come into a barrier with people of the previous season's teachings and what they learned in church, what they learned in cemetery, I mean seminary, Mm -hmm. what they learned in Bible college. And they're so full of the dead letter of the satanic witchcraft of the Antichrist that we can't take them into heaven. And they're stuck on stupid in the earthly dirt and dust in the center of the earth. They're not Mm -hmm. standing on the mountain of transfiguration on the top of the earth. They're buried in the center of the earth which is the worst possible place a soul could be. And if you study your Bibles, that's called Egypt, building bricks. Building bricks. And we're in denial. I'm not building bricks. Listen, man, if you're in the earth, you're building bricks. You're working by the sweat of your brow. You're cursed in the curse of the fall. Jesus destroyed the curse. I'm not cursed, brother. The elevation is what removes the curse. You go from the center of the earth, mineral, plant, animal, human being, to the moon. When you're on the moon, you've escaped the atmosphere of earth. Blessed are they who overcome, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Revelation 12, 12, it is written. Amen. So we need to overcome earth. So the apostolic instructions we've given you the last several months are so that you can go out of the center of the earth, which is literally Egypt or hell, to the top of the earth, which is what? The mountain of transfiguration Calvary. Calvary. How am I going to rise? Well, you're going to believe the word and obey the instructions. And it's not hard. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Which means my teaching, my instruction that I have brought from my Father, it's fun to overcome mineral, plant. What's not fun is you sitting out there on the couch, in the car, on the cell phone, on the television, and just getting fat on teaching, but never implementing it into actual actions. That's hell. Now, you're not only, you're twice cursed, because you've heard all the apostolic instructions, but you've never changed your hearts to actually act out the actions of the commandments of the instructions that have come from the God of heaven. This is why the response to Jesus was met with the total destruction called diaspora of the Jews. Why? They had the highest level rabbinical, rabboni, teaching of all time. And yet, they were never moved to action. So what happened is, at first I send the fishermen, and if you reject my fishermen, I will make you fishers of men, right? It is written, fulfilling prophecy. Then I will send the hunters. Anybody know who the hunters are? Titus of Rome, 70 AD, sacking Jerusalem. There was not one stone left on another stone in that day. They melted the gold between the stones of Herod's temple and stole all the gold and brought it to Caesar in Rome. To fulfill prophecy, not one stone will be left on another stone because instead of concrete in between the stones of Herod's temple, do you know what they used? Gold. 
So he took literally every last gram of gold, which cost $40 billion of all the world's money that believed in God, was utterly destroyed forever, and it will never be rebuilt. Never. The temple I am building now, says the Lord, is the temple of the heavenly Jerusalem. Of those who build in the heavens on sapphire stones. We're not going back into types and shadows. God's not there. The cloud has moved. The pillar of fire has moved. We have moved forward in the will of God. And what is the will of God? The book of Revelation. A heavenly, supernal, celestial, moon, sun, and starry Jerusalem. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, they've managed to ransack the gold in this age. The evidence of that is the lack of neshama in the believers. Where is it? If you are the temple, where's the gold? Hmm. It's in the Word. We have already established that the never-ending revival to come is the restoration of the neshama. It's like a, another Star Wars movie coming out here soon. The return of the neshamas, <laughs> which is the restoration of the gold to the temple. Amen. You need gold. You need right. You need to walk on the streets of gold. But in order to do that, you'll have to sanctify your ruah through the consecration, the circumcision. You'll need to get the iniquity out of the spirit as you make your way through the world of Messiah. And you'll get, restore the silver first. You must value silver, mm. which is the purity of the teaching and the purity of your ruah. Ruah, which you have if you're born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit believer, you have ruah. But why has Ruah become your main enemy on rising? Because when the ego gets intertwined with the Ruah and all those dead letters of charismatic teaching that fights righteousness is interwoven with the personality, the belief systems, backed up by scriptures used under the demonic tower of Jezebel for many years, it can be a, a bit of an undertaking to untangle those pieces and you watch Pigs of the Parlor, you see the hands like this. The religion works like schizophrenia. You have to layer by layer kind of go through and unweave the lies bit by bit, measure by measure, line after line. As you go through and you learn righteousness, and we have a class prepared for you. We now have two classes prepared for you technically three already so there's no shortage of the teaching and preaching of wisdom necessary for you to rise and others are already rising so never say it's not possible for you say it is possible for me i will rise by the grace of jesus i will rise i can change i can change my mind i can change my feeling i can change my That's thoughts what grace is for and you receive that undeserved grace, and instead of using it to justify where you're already at, to 
people or man or try to angels or God or apostles justify your story, your testimony, where you're at, but instead choosing that humility of the Lamb, the way of the cross. You're not despising the days of your small beginnings, but you're also saying, you know what, I'm not going to glorify the mixture of the teaching, and I'm grateful for the people who they helped me as best they knew at where they were at at the time. But now is the time to change. Now is the time for the kingdom age. And it's no longer acceptable for me to believe. And those teachings, although they helped me come out of overt sin, now is the time to be set free from iniquity, that I not become stagnant. So you don't despise those days because there was the hand of God. There was some of the purity of God, but it was mixture. And so what we began to do is obey the word of God where it says, with abhorrence, which is hatred for your past sins. And when you realize that much of the way you initially repented was sin, you can begin to despise, not the days of small beginnings, but despise and abhor your past sins of the mixture of the iniquity when you were still under the tower of Jezebel and count all of your prior life and previous Christianity when you were below the moon level as nothing, as dung, as worthless. And when you do that... You must do that. When you do that, what that does is it empowers you to begin anew. It's a new chapter. The, the, The latter days will be greater than the former days. The coming glory of your experiences in God will far surpass the glories that you encountered when you were still walking in mixture in the valley of decision, when there was still iniquity in the heart, iniquity in the spirit, and wrongdoing and transgression, and you may have done the best that you felt you were able to do at the time, why don't you give yourself some grace and forgive yourself? Give yourself some forgiveness for your past sins and past mixtures. Start new today. Today is the day of salvation. That means today you can take that next step of circumcision. Let the holy angels tell you what it is. Let the Holy Spirit convict your heart. What is it that you need to repent of today? Every day is a new repentance. Every day a greater salvation. The promise of going glory to glory is for those who are willing to change, who are willing to repent, which means change your heart, change your mind, change your will. Even Christ in his own perfection was able to say, not my will, but your will be done. And what is the Father's will? The crown of Keter, the will of the Father. Coming down from those supernal realms. And the world of Adam Kadmon is the world of the crown of the Father, wherein we learn what is his will, his way. His thoughts, higher than our thoughts, higher than our ways. His plans and purposes. We no longer look now at just the external circumstances and happenings, but we begin to lay hold of the wisdom of primordial Torah that's established in the world of absolute, in that crystal palace of wisdom that you learn to live and dwell in and move and have your being as you feed your chaya and it overflows into the neshama it overflows into the ruah 
Maybe you're a Ruah-filled believer. You begin to repent in the Ruah. You begin to repent, and you feed your Ruah, and you circumcise your Ruah, and you begin to change, and it overflows into every part of your life, and you're no longer concerned about how others have reacted to this, how things have happened, whether you had favor or not in a circumstance, but it's more about the wisdom of that encounter and what it means pertaining to the invisible heavenly realms that tells you about what's happening. So you learn great wisdom and it's tempered by not my will, but your will, Father, be done. And you can begin to pray these prayers long before you even make your ascent from Malkut, which means you are choosing to align yourself to receive from a higher rung, to receive from the rock that is higher than I. Yep. Continually, in the humility of the Lamb, and you're choosing the way of the cross, Christ within you for rising, which means you're done blaming others. And you're done blaming yourself. You're ready to live the crucified life, which means not reacting, emotional reactions, to your family, to your spouse, to your friends, to your co-workers. You're no longer reacting to those things like you're going to have to work a little bit later. <laughs> Tonight we need you to stay on a shift. We need you to take on this client. It's not an easy client. They're very difficult and, and they're un unwielding, uh, unwieldy and they're very uh, irritating. <laughs> But you don't really mind those things anymore because you understand that everything in your life is divine design for the season that you're in. And when you begin to become wise, you understand there's always a higher way, a higher path. So you're no longer looking to escape that experience, which is uncomfortable. A boss who doesn't care for you very much. A boss who doesn't align with your beliefs on sapphire stones surrounded by people who are not interested they couldn't care less clippers clippathing they're clippathing someone say clippeth no clippathing no clippathing if we can enact on a dora the explorer level faith mm. you can you have the map you have the backpack you have all the tools that Dora the Explorer. Level of faith. Amen. Explore the cosmos. Have fun while you do it. But there comes a point in your growth and wisdom where you stop trying to run away from the circumstance. Run away from the unruly client. From the rude boss. From the difficult job circumstance. From the marriage problems. From the Issues with the children from and you the put a seal right in their forehead. And you begin to realize that it's for your benefit that these things are happening currently. Now you might say, uh, how is that? Sister, I can't believe that. How is this working for my benefit? Understand there is always a higher way. And it often tends to be the reality that the scholar's path is a higher path than the one that you're currently on. So if you want a higher way, what are you willing to sacrifice 
to become a student of righteousness. Because when you can humble yourself to receive the scholar's path, when you read it in the word and the conviction comes, the angels, the holy supernal beings, will set up situations in which you can be tested in a much more benign way than the school of hard knocks, than the school of your ridiculous boss, than the school of World War III in your home, than the school of complete financial meltdown that it takes until you're finally ready to lean on God to be your provider. What path are you going to choose to take? Withholding finances, withholding the tithe, until it becomes unbearable the situation you find yourself in, to where you lament, if only I had just been obedient at mineral level, it really wasn't that hard. Yeah. Or would you believe it the first time you heard it preached in the anointing and you recognized the voice of the Holy Spirit and you received the truth and you said, even though I don't fully understand, well, there's a scripture, is it Old Covenant, New Testament? Well, I have been hurt before by other preachers. And you say, no, I recognize the voice of God. And because I don't have a full understanding, the full revelation, I did hear the voice of God, therefore I'm responsible. But I am his sheep and I know his voice, so I'm responsible to obey it regardless of my own sin. So I'm choosing whether or not it feels comfortable, whether or not it hurts, whether or not it feels good or I feel glory or I feel drunk or not, whether it makes me feel angry or happy or sad or any realm of emotion in between, I don't care. The only thing I care about now is obeying the voice of God. Whether your emotion is way up or way down, I don't trust in my Yetzira understanding that it's not Zero. yet circumcised. If you've not yet risen through the entire world and all four worlds of Yetzira. So there can be obedience before all those things come that you want to come. You choose him primarily even when it's hard, and then when those rewards come to you later on, you'll understand at that time you have become an entirely different creature than you were in the beginning. And so for you to go through that process and change was more important to God than all those little things that you were so worried about having it right. It's about the process. It's about you becoming a new creation, a new creature. The old is gone. You're taking off the grave clothes of the old nefesh, that shadow of you that appears like you, but is a home and a nest for demons. The false letter of the word of the interpretation of the Old and New Testament from Satan, from his bone throne of Dat, and that Gevra portal of hell, and that uncircumcised yasad of the sexual impulse and it's all demonic so what do you do get circumcised obey the word obey the apostolic commandment obey the holy spirit of jesus christ who came in the flesh and put every spirit to the test 
and begin to study to show yourself approved to go to the next rung. And you begin to understand that if you do not have the light of Malkut, which is the light of the Nefesh, there'll never be light of the Yachita in your life. If the light of the Nefesh isn't there, you won't have the light of the Yachita. What is that? Sanctify yourself. Wash yourself. Mm. And be holy. Take be holy action. because I am holy, says the Lord. In the world of action, the world of Isaiah, you must take action, not on the whim of a very strong emotion. You feel emotionally <laughs> touched by the word, even an apostolic word, that's fine. But don't lean on the strength of that emotion because tomorrow and the next day, you may have a different feeling, yet uncircumcised, and you begin to not trust whether it's a high feeling or a low feeling, you find out going through the world of Yetzirah, it's not that important how it makes you feel. Nope. The feelings will get circumcised. The feelings that you're desiring will come. But if you can sacrifice your need to feel a certain way and care more about obedience to the word of God, much greater emotions and feelings of loving kindness and grace and mercy and nearness and closeness to God will flood and fill your innermost being and permeate your entire heart, mind, soul, and body with that continuous feeling of being one with Him. Thank you. <laughs> In a Yachita soul, that you understand it's been about the process. So don't worry so much about the highs and the lows. Mm. It's more important that you remain calm and humble and steady, steady as she goes. Mm -hmm. Amen. I think we have a whole message in one steady of our classes. Just be steady. The emotions will come and go. That's fine. If you feel like your emotions are way high or you feel fear or you feel really happy or really joyful, just keep that baseline calm and stay in that place and allow your emotions to be circumcised. Because what good is extreme joy mm. if it didn't originate in Christ? Yeah. What good is extreme sorrow unless it leads to repentance that's be actual circumcision? In the rest of your life instead of the word and never even grow. But you if clinging to old experiences yeah. is a major idolatry in the charismatic church, so they run around city to city, minister to minister, to find some kind of sensation, some kind of experience, some kind of ecstasy, rapture, whatever, some kind of thing from God, and sort of going into the Word, which is the keys of the kingdom, and finding God in the Word. And that Word is the only anchor for the soul. That's what makes you steady and tempers your emotions and feelings, because if the devil can get you addicted to a certain feeling and emotion from God not the devil, from God, you'll be searching for it instead of growing in the Word, which has the ability to recreate the Spirit to ascend to God as an angel. Amen. It's wisdom when you make your way to the world of Yetzirah to not care so much how you feel. This is a revelation. But in the speaking of my experience of that revelation, 
and our experience of going through these things, what that does is it can plant it inside of you that by the time you get there, you'll be ready and you can walk in a much easier and simpler way, that higher path, the higher way of wisdom than those who came before you. So I want to give that gift to you that you can The highway of holiness calm. is the path of the scholar. Amen. The school of hard knocks and the goofball city down here of everyone doing their own thing is just nonsense. It's all sin. It's wickedness. It's the people throwing the peace sign in the final quest. You know, hey, we got, we've already arrived. We're perfect. We look at all the stuff we got. They got their blankets out. No armor. No swords. We just love everyone, bro. No gemstone armor. They didn't even have swords. Yeah. Rick Joyner in the final quest was astonished. He's like, dude, the vanguard of Satan's army is coming. Charismatic Christians that are fighting their own brothers and sisters. And you guys are about to be totally obliterated. What happened to them? They were obliterated. Utterly destroyed completely by the enemy. A few escaped, it says, and ran to the mountain. But most were utterly destroyed. And when you encounter the sorcerers and magicians who are the ruling class now that have the ability with a punch to even crack neshama level armor it makes you value the gemstone armor of the chaya the power and the protection of the higher realms of soul and understand that if you are blessed to be prayed for by those people with those levels of armor, that it is a blessing and it's something to desire to attain, not through envy, jealousy, and strife, but through self-sacrifice and fighting for others. That's the way, that's the way up. Self-sacrifice, humility, and laying down your life to serve others. That's how you get an Ashama and a Chaya and a Yuchita. That's it. And it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And you do receive gifts from the Father. And it's wonderful. But when it comes to those kinds of encounters, and you know that this is barely begun, this is barely begun, what does it take to stand in a day of battle? What is the quality of your sanctification and your armor? What is the quality of your sword? Do you want to find out on the day of a battle how sharp your sword is? How you thick your shield? How, how much can your shield protect? Mm. How thick is your armor? When an attack comes in, what will penetrate and what will remain firm? Do you want to wait until you're under that duress? To find out the hard way mm. or do you want to take the path of the scholar and be prepared on time what is on time the timeline the father has set for you and he redeems the times how through circumcision now that doesn't mean go into a frenzy be afraid and try to rush up faster than you're actually circumcised because that will actually set you back and delay you further that means accurately circumcising each rung, rung by rung, removal of the foreskin, and peeling back of the membrane on each and every sapphire stone, starting with the four levels of Malkut. And you do that on every single one, thoroughly, completely, 
with intentions purified and focused. If you don't have pure intentions, pray for it. Ask. He will give it to you. Continue to ask. Seek. Knock. What rung of Malkut needs circumcised? Hammer away at it every day, day after day. Purify the intentions. Pray for it. Ask for the wisdom. Ask for instruction. Proverbs 2. You need wisdom? It says when you value wisdom, then you'll get it. Mm. Which means when someone else is walking in wisdom and preaching like you're hearing tonight, if you value it, you'll receive it. When I saw the wisdom that Brandon was walking in... kill beasts. When I saw the... Exactly. Wisdom kills the beast. Mm. When I saw the wisdom... The true wisdom that Brandon was walking in prior to my ascension. I valued the wisdom. How did I treasure it? I sowed into it with finances because I saw in the word of God, it says, where your money is, there your heart will be also. So I sowed money into it with a cheerful heart. And I began to immediately reap the spiritual rewards, which was growing closer to God. More and more wisdom. Honor a prophet, get a prophet's reward. Exactly. And how What's a prophet's reward? Infinite Shekinah. Truth and air. And that's when everything started to work for me. The Bible came alive. The mysteries began to be received and unveiled. Anytime there was a word of something that I said, I need to know that. I need to understand that. I need to walk in what that word was preached. On that day of that message, I would give into it with finances. Even if it hurt, I would give into it with finances. I would be grieved if there was more I couldn't give simply because I hit the maximum of what I could actually give without, you know, going without going past what I was able to. And it was I wish I had more to give. And I started to give and then the abundance started coming, more money started coming. I started begin doors giving opened doors up open. Majorly. Finances. I was given a job title that I, w- that I wasn't even 100% qualified for based on the experience I had. It was going from living paycheck to paycheck to here's an abundant salary. And on top of that, abundant mysteries. The Word of God became alive in a brand new way. I started traveling in the Spirit. I started leaving my body and seeing the heavenly council of angels, portals opening. You know why Christians are <laughs> offended by money so much? Because they don't believe the Old Testament. They don't have the wisdom of the Old Testament, Moses and the prophets. That's what God told me today. Why are modern day charismatic Pentecostals so constantly offended by financial things? It's like the plague out there. You know how it is. You'll say some kind of financial revelation. It'll get three likes. You say some kind of self-bless me revelation. Mm -hmm. It'll have 300 likes. Why is this... Seventh Church of Revelation, so anti-financial wisdom. You know why? Charismatic Church teaches anti-Old Testament. Mm -hmm. I was involved in that system, the glory stream, for 15 years. I was in so many conferences where the preachers taught against Moses and against the Old Testament. In fact, it is very common, very common in the Charismatic Church to say, we don't even read the Old Testament. That's everywhere, guys. Maybe not you, but that's common in glory stream charismatic circles all over the world. Where just Paul only and some Gospels. The Gospels weren't really that important because it's kind of in the Old Testament. We're only in the epistles of Paul. And then they pick and choose how they interpret Paul. You know what that produces? 
hypergrace, universalism, the craziest, most insane, charismatic nut jobs of all time. And you're in the midst of them out there in the sands of time and people that are rejecting the apostolic doctrine of the heavenly Jerusalem. It is a total madhouse. Loose! It is a madhouse out there. And it's a madhouse because of one thing. This is what God told me today. There's so much opposition. I feel like I'm wrestling the whole seventh church of Revelation right now. So if you're intercessors, pray for me because we're going after it. It's that bone throne of Satan down there in earthly charismatic whoredom Mm -hmm. that we're at war against. And it is a civil war Mm -hmm. and it will be ended on sapphire stones with a sapphire sword and a sapphire scepter and a sapphire throne for the overcomers of Revelation 2 and 3. Amen. What we are taking out right now is the most heresy of all time. It is the whore of Babylon's Christian doctrine that has built up a system of 10 weeks of the fallen angels to the very gates of God, but hasn't entered them. You Pharisees, you teach people how to go all the way up, but then you don't let them enter the gates. The gates of what? The Garden of Eden. You take them up under your control, but you never give them the circling sword of the cherubim to actually enter the gates. And they block those from entering them. Do you understand that's what the charismatic church has totally done? Completely blocked people from the true narrow path of Enoch, which is established scripture for thousands of years. All the apostles and Jesus Christ taught first Enoch as scripture, okay, as Torah. And now we have a generation down here that says, well, that's highly questionable. I just don't know about that. I have my 66 books from the Pope from 500 AD in the Council of Nicaea and the Council of this and that. That's my scripture. You know what your scripture is? Your daily bread of what God the Father is commanding you through angels. If you are not receiving angelic instruction, you have no scripture today. Zero. Because the Bible says that Scripture was given through angels. In fact, the evidence that you are the enemies of the Holy Spirit means that the angels are not giving you instructions. Because the angels are the glory of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. The angels are the glory of the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit speaking to you, we say the Holy Spirit said this, the angels said that. Angels are the glory of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. Angels send salvation into you. It's not you and the Holy Spirit. That's you and your familiar demons, demon-possessed. And that's why you don't make progress and why you still have tons of problems and you can never really overcome anything because you think your demons are the Holy Spirit. Truth anyhow. And I'm calling you out and I want them to come out of you so that there can be an impartation from the angel of Shekinah from the heavenly Jerusalem coming down like a scroll into your brains, which we love your souls, so we want you to be set free. Mm-hmm. Babylon the Great is a system of false Jesuses, false Holy Spirits, and dazzling demons. Mm-hmm. Dazzling demons, whoo! These are angels of light that deceive. Now, an angel of light that deceive is a little different than what charismatic preachers say it is. They'll look at people with freedom and say, that's a dazzling demon. That's that's the enemy. They can't discern. You have zero discernment on earth. 
if your heart and your soul are on the earth, you have 0% accuracy. The only reason why there is sometimes accuracy amongst those with the prophetic gifting is because that gift came down from God. It's not the human being accurate. It's the gift that's accurate. That human being is lost in the sand. You're following lost human beings in the sand telling you how to be saved like the diviner following Paul around Asia Minor. And you're listening to that diviner always telling the truth. It's a demon. Paul was irritated. Well, she's only telling the truth. Half of you would make a group out of her and just be like, let's coddle her. Oh, that poor woman. Paul's picking on the diviner again. She's only telling the truth, Paul. You're so mean. He went back in she's irritation. She's just repeating what you said at Joel's bar. Exactly. What's the problem? Exactly. Demon. Paul went back there after days of being irritated and smacked the demon right out of her demon-possessed, whoring head. Mm-hmm. She ran to her master. They had him arrested and beaten. That's what the Bible says. All of their means of income is through witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Why do they rage against Rebecca and I and Red Letter Ministries and not so much against Shadrach, but really a lot mostly against me? Why? Have you ever asked yourself that? Why am I so hated by Christians? Is it because I look for it? Not at all. It's because I am destroying their means for income because they are diviners. They practice Christian witchcraft under the Tower of Jezebel, and we call them out in the true Elijah mantle that's been given to me. And I will not tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is not, but is a liar. And anyone that tolerates her, I will strike her children dead, it is written. It'll be her head on a plate this time. Vengeance for John. It'll be her head on a platter this time. She will die. Amen. The whole tower is going to the lake of fire. Of sanctified ruah. We will have her head on a sanctified platter of ruah. These principalities will be Mm -hmm. in our trophy room. And you will see them decapitated Mm -hmm. in this generation. They've killed enough Mm -hmm. prophets. They've attacked enough apostles. They've destroyed the fivefold. They've harmed the believers so severely that they're bewitched and beguiled mm-hmm. and delusional out here in a system that doesn't even ascend to the Father's throne. They're anti-Jacob's ladder. They're anti-instruction of the angels. They like a system. And listen, the ones that are stuck in that system, in ignorance, thinking that's Christianity, that's the church, they'll be set free. And they'll have jubilee for eternity. But the ones that love that system will be in hell with the fallen angels forever. I tell you the truth. Amen. Amen. Let the bottle of Jesus' tears, when he heard of the death of John, be poured out on our prayers tonight. And let the head of Jezebel be given on a silver platter. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It's time for this war to be over, to have the great harvest. Amen. Amen. The suffering of the prophets and apostles has been horrendous because of the principality's influence upon the believers. Almost every believer was turned against the apostles in the first century church. If you know church history, you know that's true. Not on our watch. We will not have you influenced by the clippeth. 
to fight your anointed leaders that are only trying to help you, only trying to build you up. Most people, when they reject instruction, what happens when it's inconvenient doesn't make their emotions feel joy and you know, like, mm. oh, there's the joy, you know? It's like, I didn't feel any joy. I didn't on feel that. any joy on that. I didn't feel the glory on Witchcraft. that. Where's the oil on that? You know, it's blah, blah, blah. I didn't get any one ounce of stolen oil from that decision. Exactly. Die. It's like my foreskin doesn't benefit from this because it's a sword mm. dripping with oil. A lightning sword that is dripping with oil from the very throne of Yarevave in heaven. What you're going to receive is those overcomer gifts and go on the attack. Mm. Revelation 19 says, he ain't coming back like a gentle lamb. He's coming back on a white horse, which in Israeli culture of that day was, we're going to war. And who's with him? If you read the Bible, only those who have that lion-like nature that has no kindness towards demons, zero kindness towards sin, Zero kindness towards false love and witchcraft of all the beguiling things that they do and to make you nice, emasculated Christians nowadays so that you're just nice to sinners and nice to sin and nice to demons all the time. Listen, it's not niceness to the sinners. That's listen the, to your guardian West. angels that are trying to tell you to listen right now. That's why The niceness to sinners that you call evangelism is the bowing to the demon inside their spirit. When you bow to that thing inside them, you submit to hell. Does that mean I'd be mean? See, so you know, it's like mean or nice. No. That's black that and means white you be strict righteous. You be the angel of Yadevave, the word of God on the inside, and you emanate Shekinah, and you allow the fire that he brought that's already kindled to obliterate the demon. You can save face, be business professional, and obliterate sinners and have Israeli success mm -hmm. of the kingdom messianic age. Mm -hmm. It is when you lose face, get emotional, mm -hmm. react to the sinner, the sinner, the witch and the warlock, mm -hmm. not in preaching and teaching like I'm doing tonight. This is for emphasis because it's anointed. The anointing is emotional and these are the emotions of God the Father. Let that word Different. go in. Stop resisting the Holy Different. Spirit. Let it go in. So when the true word and the sword comes forth from you, it obliterates in, in a circling sword situation. What is the circling sword? It's Torah in action. What Torah? The Torah, the amount of the word that you've believed and obeyed in your spirit. Your spirit is the center of your soul. But a bewitched Ruah does no longer have the spirit as the center of their soul. Why? Because bewitchment now puts the outer man as the center, and the center becomes the devil. And that's why they grow in pride, and they grow in selfishness and greed, and they go after gold, glamour, and girls instead of the very center of God's heart, the heart of David, which is the only thing you should go after in business. The heart of David is the only thing you should ever go after with business and priesthood, which is the only existence and purpose for all life on earth. Jacob and Boaz, the pillars of Solomon's temple. Business and marketplace, and you all have business, and you all have marketplace. What's the purpose? For the heart of the Father, for the heart of the Lamb, for the heart of the Holy Spirit. This is why we are excellent. Why is the Jewish race the most highly educated, scholarly, people group in the universe 
because they read and obey Torah, but they do it without the New Testament and the Tanakh. Because the Tanakh teaches excellence in every single word. It is a scholarly path. How did we become New Testament Christian slobs? Because we've rejected Old Testament excellence of the wisdom of Moses and the prophets. And that's the truth anyhow. We have the whole southern uh, part of the United States of America where there's a church on every corner. You go in, you can smell the poverty. The bathroom, there's... I mean, everything is the lowest level existence. And we go into megachurches, all oh, that's success too. Success is the emanations of the studying of the scriptures. That is success. The word of God is success. So when you engage in the word of God, when you engage in Torah, and your spirit man begins to emanate Shekinah, that is what God the Father says, a successful day. You did not waste this day. A day not spent emanating Shekinah is a day wasted in the flesh. It's a worthless day. It has no eternal value. You can go back and redeem the times when you engage in Torah in the future, but you wasted the day. You'll be be responsible for how you spend your time before the judgment seat of God. And we want you to approach that judgment seat today so your time is well spent emanating Shekinah. Then when you emanate Shekinah, it's an effortless obliteration of demons, iniquity, sorcery, all ten forms of Laban sorcery. As this Joel's army faithful 60 million frontline soldiers are empowered with our apostolic mm-hmm. teaching from the throne of Zion in heavenly Jerusalem, you will confront daily all ten forms of all ten weeks of Laban's sorcery which is all the Balaams, all the Jannies and Jambres, all everything that's in the world. It's all the ability of man and woman's traditions that actually do anything, that are not just worthless in the dirt, that are actually powerful in the demonic, in the clippeth. You'll face it. How do you have success against it? One thing, one thing only. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is a circling sword. And if you are inside the circling sword, and it has judged the thoughts and the intents of your heart, it has removed the iniquity from your bones and marrow, it's divided soul from spirit, and you're shining that inner shine and that outer glow of the Word of God, you can stand in the midst of all ten forms of Laban's sorceries and obliterate them completely. And you will not face temptation that's higher than you. Unless you go out of the order of the angelic instruction, then you lose that battle because you had zeal without knowledge. What kind of knowledge? The knowledge of the Shekinah, of the Torah, of the Father. That's the knowledge of the glory that covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk. So we have a lot of knowledge that doesn't have Shekinah. That's the mark of the beast in the forehead. The 666, the bone throne of Satan, is... All our Christian traditions in the charismatic Pentecostal and all the different things of Christian history that we have in our brains, in our foreheads, that don't emit Shekinah glory. Which means your knowledge doesn't work in battle. Your knowledge doesn't work in marketplace. Your knowledge doesn't work in priests. It doesn't work in family. It doesn't work in relation. It doesn't work with your kids. Your kids are still a mess. Your parents are a mess. Your family's a mess. Your life's a mess. Everything's a mess. 
the knowledge that does work in friends and family and houses and business in reality is the knowledge of studying the scriptures so that your spirit man emits Shekinah glory doing the will of the Father in the word of the Son. Then the angel of the Lord will encamp around that person, it is written, and they are in an impenetrable fortress and cannot by any means be touched by the enemy. It is written. That's what the Bible says. That they are inside an impenetrable fortress of God's word, living, active, energized, and sharper than any weapon. Sharper than anything in all the earth. Why? Because the Word is the creator of worlds. And when you're sealed inside the Word, you're sealed away from those who hate the Word, who hate God, which is one-third of the angels that empower most of the nations right now. Only one-third angels, but probably 99% nations. Very few remnant that are even constantly controlled by the Holy Ghost in all things. I mean, You'd be lucky to find one in a million believers right now. It's mm. mostly demonic influence everywhere. We need to change that. We need to exodus. It's time to come out of the wilderness into the promised land. The promised land is not on earth. It begins rising through the center of the earth into the top of the earth. And that's where almost 100% of Christians are right now. So you're in good company. You're with the believers. You're with the armies of the living God. You're marching upward from the center of the earth by repentance and circumcisions and obedience to God's holy word and the engaging of the Torah of the Lamb of God, which is the Father's teaching. Therefore, you can overcome. They overcome the devil, how? By the word of God and by their testimony and not loving their lives unto death. So one thing first, in the Kabbalah of the Apostle John, in Revelation 12, what does he say? They overcame by the word. Now, you could read the Word 10 million years, you won't overcome nothing. It's a certain way of reading the Word. This is what we're trying to instill in this ministry the last 20 years. Read the Word for your spirit man to be brighter. Don't read the Word for your brain to be brighter. That comes afterwards. First for the spirit, then for the soul. Your spirit is the center of your soul. Your soul is the container of your mm -hmm. spirit. Once it hits you in the spirit, it hits the target. It hits the mark. If it doesn't hit the spirit, it misses the mark, you will get no Shekinah. You could spend 20 years reading the Bible and get zero Shekinah. When it hits the center of your spirit, it hits the mark. Mm -hmm. And how do you know it hits the mark? It always emits Shekinah glory, mm -hmm. which is the power to rule this world in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's have a, a brief discussion on conducting Shekinah and brains. Let's go to our iPad screen if we can. Conducting Shekinah. What is it that conducts Shekinah? The Tetragrammaton is the only thing that conducts Shekinah. It takes the name of God to conduct the word of God. And he holds his word above his name. Mm. So, how are you going to conduct Shekinah? It's the Tetragrammaton being formed in you by the engravings. Oh, receive it. It's... The Tetragrammaton. Yes. Y-H-V-H. The only way to conduct through a complete circuit of Shekinah 
The only way to be a proper conductor of Shekinah is to receive the Tetragrammaton of Jesus Christ. yad heh vav -he. So, how is that done? Let's look at the words here, the worlds, the word of the world. Starting in our classic Hebrew, going from right to left on the screen here. Starting in that world of absolute. Yad. Hey, Berea. Vav, Yetzira. And then final hey, Messiah. So that's the tetragrammaton right there. Yad from right to left. Yad hey, vav hey. The keter of each of those is where you receive the inscriptions of the name. Mm. And I've seen them with my own eyes. Every time I went through some of these worlds, I could see the inscription. Now the the letters in Hebrew were live. It was God inscribed. I'll give you a. New stone with a new name. Inscribed. I'll give you a new stone with a new name. Mm. And <laughs> what happens is those engravings, it's permanent. Even more permanent that if you took your iPhone or you ordered an iPhone and you wanted to have your name engraved on it, mm. so that if someone tried to steal it, you could find my phone, bring an authority figure with you, and say, yeah, bro, look at the back of the phone. That's my name engraved. That's not something you can just uh, sharpie you yeah. out. You can't blot permanent it out with a sharpie. These are permanent inscriptions. She got YHVH engraved on her Apple thingy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah. have YH. <laughs> on my, uh, I have it on my weight, on my Versa grips for weightlifting. I have the Tetragrammaton to remind that the, Emma. the Lord is the strength of my life. They touch it, they're electrocuted. Yeah. I, I lost one one time. I went to a gym. I don't know if someone picked it up or I just dropped it. So I was like, you know, what? I'm going to put the Tetragrammaton on this and never lose my Versa grips. Mm. Which if you are into weightlifting, you start to get kind of... And the heavier weights, I really like their Versa grips. They last a really long time. You'll have them for years and years. Best quality. I think they're made in the USA, hand stitched, really I great quality leather. Apologize for the rabbit trail, people. Yeah, oh yeah, now you're gonna get it now. <laughs> now you're getting all. And uh, it's just really high quality, and they're wonderful. All right, because if you want to grow those certain muscles, you can use that, and it, your wrists won't tire out before the muscles that you're working on in your arms. So, which is great. We love it. All right. Yadhe Vavhe. buff. And so make sure you get the Tetragrammaton inscribed on your iPhone. On your forehead. <laughs> on your forehead. It's the name of the Father on your forehead. Truth it Yeah. All right. All right, all right. Yeah. Glory. That's fine. Better uh, to have the permanent inscription. You know, I never knew that these four worlds were YHVH inscribed on the forehead, but... Uh, that just totally blew me away right now. This will open up your understanding <laughs> of the realms. There's so many things. There's so many things to teach and talk about. It's just impossible to mention them all, even in the classes that we've done so far. But Asaya's Yad, Yetzira is uh, Hey. Oh, no, backwards. Right oh, to left, yeah. Right to left. Yeah. Yad. Absolute. Because it comes yad. down, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's look at the new. I'm let's look at teach it down. on that. Look at this. Okay. <laughs> Let's go from the top down like this. Holy ghost. Powerful. Okay, see on the right, let's see, uh, because yeah. Yetzira is the four of them. Look Yad on the right hand. Yad Vav Wow. Yad oh, Vav It's the name of God coming down. 
Yes, absolute Berea Yetzira Saya Yadivale. The seed so the God sperm seed of Jesus Christ that impregnated Mary's womb, he came down through those ketters, down through those worlds, into the Malkut of Shekinah, into the Malkut of Mary's womb with the the Shekinah cloud. Now the the glory cloud I, surrounded that hit the her. mark of my spirit in the center of my soul. Uh, I, I never knew that. Thinking. That is so freaking This will change your way of perception of the world. Whoa. So when you finish the world of Isaiah, you hit Keter, you get your first engraving. Now, you have the down payment of the Holy Spirit in Malkut of Isaiah. So there is, that's that gemstone of Malkut. The kingdom of heaven is within you. The Malkut of heaven is within you. So you discover that, you know, pearl of great price find that doorway to the cosmos and you treasure it <laughs> and you buy the whole field which is the whole field of Shekinah we'll talk about that in a, mo in a moment but Yad Hey Vav Hey now this is where it gets deep Yad, does anyone know what the Hebrew Yad looks like? it's a, it's the one that looks like a little dot and it has just a little a cots, like a, a crown at the top of it which is also known as a thorn so the crown of the thorn on Jesus is representative mm. of the Yad. That's why another uh, understanding that the world of Absolute is the world of his crucifixion. That's the realm of the actual Sephirot themselves physically. Amen. That emanate through the worlds. That's the source of the light. So the crown of the Yad. So Yad, Hey, Vav, Hey. That's the Tetragrammaton. Married to him is what you get his name. How do you get his name? By being in union with him, by removing the foreskin. Yep. Removing the foreskin and removing it's the shell. It's a new covenant of circumcision as well. So you go up and you get circumcised. The engraving on each... Of heart. Amen. Uh, this one. These. Oh. Yeah, so these look like this full of Shekinah on all sides when it's conquered so you've gone all the way up you hit Keter he meets you halfway which means it starts to stream down the other side and connect the whole thing so it's a circuit of unbroken connection to Shekinah mm. your consciousness your awareness of Shekinah is unbroken in that world and it's completely lit up and so it goes on to autopilot cleansing those those um, sapphire stones to become like perfectly cut and cleansed gemstones. I've been in Absolute for two days. I was in Berea for almost a month. Absolute, I tell you the truth, is a hundred times more glory mm -hmm. than Berea. It's totally yeah. shocking. Amen. So, Absolute, Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey. So, why isn't Adam Kadmon on here? Why is it just the seven worlds? You have four of which are in Yetzirah as a whole world. You go through the layers. But why isn't Adam Kadmon here? Well, if you look at the name of God, yad Hey vav Hey, at the very tip of the Yad, you have that crown. It's the apex. The apex of that high world represents Keter. Absolute is represented in Hakma. So, if Bina, Berea, is over there on Saturn, in the big picture of all the worlds, yad heh vav -Hey, but the Yud is Hakma, 
where you receive your chaya. D. Then what is keter? It's the breath. We've talked about it. The breath when he opens his mouth to speak. Mm-hmm. The olive. It's the breath of life. It's the apex of the yud, of the tetragrammaton. Concealed. Keter's the, hidden the breath of the yadevavi. The breath of the his mouth. The world of his breath. Adam Kedmus. He will slay Satan with the yachita of his mouth. Because he breathed into his nostrils and he became a living, living. soul. He, he uh, Adam Kadmon mm-hmm. into his nostrils. Yeah. Amen. Now, absolute is the world of primordial Torah. So, it's the place of the cross. It's also the place of the word, the living word of God. Mm. It's the world of wisdom. And it's where you learn the truth of all things as they are. The invisible realm. So, absolute, we'll revisit this just a little bit. The entire concept of imminence as opposed to transcendence is first evident in the world of absolute. The transcendence of God means that God is outside of humanity's full experience, perception, or grasp. And from the world of Asaya through Berea, that's mainly the case. It's primarily the transcendence of God, which means no matter how much you experience of God, in the first six worlds, you can't quite grasp it. The imminence of God means that he is knowable, perceivable, or graspable. And that entire concept of imminence as opposed to transcendence is first evident when you enter the world of absolute. It's the ability to begin to perceive, grasp, or know God. Limitation of absolute that makes the light noble in this level, the aspect of inner structure. Mm. Chaya latte. Amen. <laughs> Go get you a chaya latte. <laughs> oh, these were some interesting ones. Why are these on here? You are my soul, you are my life. The Hebrew there, you are my soul, is neshama. Neshama. <laughs> you are my soul. And then here where it says you are my life, that's Chaim, which is uh, related to that root word of chai, chaya, chai, chaim, chayim, chaya. So, the soul and then the life. Yes. And the island of the seven species. Those were kind of came together. That was a really interesting study. Sounds like Patmos. <laughs> Let's talk about... You are the apple of my eye. Have you heard a nice phrase like that? You are the apple of my eye. That's good scripture. Let's just, this is a fun look here. Uh, the eye, look, seeing these things like uh, the inner workings of the structure of the eye, cosmic eye, or you're just talking about your eye, his eye red gevra that represents the red muscle of the eye right the contractions and movements of the eye he will guide you by his eye mm. his judgments are good right if you can't embrace his judgments you're how are you going to be guided by his eye where are your eyes going to go 
Probably um, where they shouldn't. So have that Gevrot restraint so that you can be guided by the eye of God. Because it's not always going to be the gentle whisper or the audible voice or the signs and wonders. Oftentimes it will just be NASA your eyes to Keter from where your help comes from and then he will guide you by his eye. When your eye is single and full of light, that means you've conquered Bina and Hakma, right? Where you have the, the two eyes or the two hemispheres of the brain, Bina and Hakma, but everything is single and full of light in this Keter. This is powerful, the cleansing of the lust of the eyes. Everyone mm -hmm. needs this. Yep. Powerful. The white of the eye has said, ever seen someone who wasn't doing so well and they had bloodshot eyes? And that, oh, yeah. that red of Gevra had bled into the whites of the eyes. Right? No visine for you, buckwheat. <laughs> <laughs> the visine of the obedience of Torah. Amen. Eyes of flaming Torah. So the white, for the pure whites of a healthy eye, that's who said, the loving kindness. So untainted loving kindness. Now, when there's not purity of silver, when there's not purity of loving kindness, and it's Christian false love, iniquity, whoredom, the red muscle of Gevra, that's when severe judgment takes over. And the eyes, how do you know there's severe judgment? Their eyes wander, you know, into lustful body parts. They wander onto riches and of mammon mm -hmm. and sin and greed and the lust of the eyes. It really starts to covet and envy. And what you see, wherever there's covetousness and envy, you will also find paranoia and fear. Those are side effects. So if you have fear and paranoia and you can't explain it, no matter how much people pray for you, you're paranoid, you're fearful. It's because there's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. There's strife and envy and jealousy. So that has to be repented of and cut out through circumcision so that you can be in alignment with the good judgments of God. You can be on the scholar's path, which means you receive the correction through the wisdom of teaching and the understanding Amen. of someone at a higher rung than you to humble yourself. That way you don't have to go through the school of hard knocks. And mm. that is preferable. Yeah. And it also cleanses the eyes so that your eyes aren't wandering all over the place or rolling in the back of your head at Joel's bar. Amen. Oh, it's just so much more glory too. So It's, it's so much better to stop sinning and start winning. Amen. Stop sinning. And start winning. You can put that in the comments Amen. below. Type that. Stop sinning and start winning. <laughs> Amen. So the whites of the eye, that's Hesed. Evra and Hesed. So those are balanced by what? Iris, that, that represents Tiferet. If you'll notice, uh, the iris is where you see the color. What is Tiferet? It's represented in our world as the sun. With healing in the beams, healing in the wings, you'll see the variations of color. And uh, for those of you watching, you have brown eyes. You can just remind yourself the mantle of humility. That blue purple of this color. eye, I must mention, is the color of the beings that I saw in Absolute when you were in the last world. Mm -hmm. It was that exact same color. I like them. That's why I kind of picked the color. The world of, of holy beings. Yeah. With the little sparkle. Glory. Yeah. Powerful. It's wonderful. Shekinah. Okay, so Tiferet, the balance. The iris. This is wonderful. People of the eye. Shekinah Malkut. So what is the apple of the eye? The all-seeing eye of the Father. 
the corona of the kingdom of heaven. That's what you please. As it's written, I have always ministered in the sight of God and in his presence. Paul said that was his apostolic confirmation, that I minister in the eyes of God and in his presence. Anyone who preaches and teaches out of the eyes of God and out of the presence of God is not in the kingdom at all. Amen. Amen. Shekinah is the apple orchard or the field. Amen. That's wonderful. Let's take a look here. A little bit on Adam Kadbon. Here you'll see on the right we have Adam Kadbon, which is the primordial supreme man. And on the other side we have Adam Belial, or Belial, yep. father of lies, the evil man, the primordial man of evil, Satan, father of lies, the world of iniquity. And uh, Adam Kadma Ilaha. All right. So that's what we're dealing with. <laughs> one of these is going to die, and it ain't going to be the one on the right. Amen. Amen. Adam Kadman, primordial supreme man of glory. Mm. That's fun. Okay. Yod He Vav He, the apex of the Yud of the hidden world of Adam Kadman. Amen. That's good. Amen. Hey, that's good. Yeah. Awesome teaching tonight. In these higher rungs, the teaching just gets richer and richer. Yeah. I pray that this word is sealed deep within your spirit soil, that it will bear mm -hmm. much fruit and fruit that lasts as mm -hmm. you continue to do the will of God the Father who mm -hmm. loves you, who sent Jesus Christ to die for you, and his mm -hmm. holy angels to help you inherit a greater salvation mm -hmm. than you had yesterday. In Jesus' name, partner with Red Letter mm -hmm. Ministries, register and commit to Joel's Army at www.rlm.tv in order to overcome the four rungs of earth, to be overcomers of the earth, you must become faithful with finances. A 10% tithe is the minimum level of obedience that Jesus Christ requires in the Messianic Kingdom Age. It's true. It's the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek receives the tithe of Abraham. It's New Covenant law. The law of liberty in Christ Jesus. What are you getting liberated from? All the other junk of fear of finances, fear of lack, fear of doubt, not having enough. All the stuff that manipulates you and controls you, you get free from because God begins to become your provider if you can bring the sacrifice and if you can get obedient with the minerals, which is the silver, the gold, the economic buying power, the cash and the currency. If you can't get obedient with cash and currency and buying power, God can't entrust anything to you in his kingdom. That's the minimum level repentance required for those coming out of the dust of the earth. And the repentance will continue. It does get easier after that. Usually money is the hardest thing for everyone to begin with. Later on, it doesn't even feel like a sacrifice anymore. And be like, man, I could easily write a check for a million dollars right now. Why? Because you already have those foundations established in your heart for building his kingdom. 
Amen. So now the sacrifices, all of that stuff goes on autopilot. You continue to increase in the giving of all things into God's kingdom as you go from glory to glory. There's never any diminishing. There's Mm -hmm. never any lessening. Oh, I got to lessen my amount that I'm giving. If that's the case, go and get angelic instruction. Something's off. There's a demon. There's a sin. There's something lurking around the corner trying to rob you. Mm There's intruders. Phantoms have been my rivals, Torah says. There's a phantom. Deal with the phantom. Get it out of your spirit, soul, mind, and body through repentance and circumcisions of the flashing sword of the Garden of Eden and get into a greater prosperity. Here is the covenant promise. Ascension of the rungs always increases two things. And this is only for the obedient. Beauty and prosperity. They will never diminish in beauty of his light and prosperity of his Shekinah glory light. It is a covenant promise for those inside the angel of Jerusalem. In Jesus' name, I pray it's all of you. Amen. We'll see you guys tomorrow.